16 minutes it is after 8 p.m. If you're a parent or if uh, you live in a household where uh, there is uh, a youngster of school going age, you will certainly know that uh, schools were set to reopen uh, for grades 7 and 12 uh, today, June 1. But uh, it uh, seems that uh, many of the boxes that ought to have been ticked from a sanitation and uh, uh, PPE and a sanitizer's perspective have not been ticked and uh, only the province of Gauteng and the Western Cape were ready to open today and provinces with medium levels of readiness include the Northern Cape, the Eastern Cape, Free State and the Northwest and Guazul Natal, Limpopo and Pomalanga are provinces with a high risk or level of reopening and uh, I'm joined on the line to speak about this by uh, the General Secretary of the South African Democratic Teachers Union and that is Mugwena Maluleke. Awesome, Thank you so much uh, for taking time out to speak to us uh, this evening. And uh, I want to maybe start off uh, by taking you back a few weeks ago where, where uh, you know, where many in your ranks uh, indicated that it, it would take a miracle for schools to be able to open on June 1. Uh, you're probably, I guess, uh, sitting with uh, an impulse or a feeling now that says uh, to um, your employers, we told you so. Let me thank you for having us this evening. Um, yeah, we, we we feel even more confused. <laughs> I thought you would feel we vindicated. Could. We are vindicated, mm. um, but at the same time, uh, because we have a responsibility to ensure that we are able to help the department to see that what they were doing was wrong. Mm. Uh, while we feel so vindicated, but we also feel that... Uh, uh, we are not being taken seriously. Um, we are not building the trust uh, with the communities. Uh, we are not building the trust of the public uh, because the uh, um, majority of of the things that we have been uh, saying, uh, please, uh, they are not in the right um, um, uh, way of doing things, um, have been proven by an independent uh, uh, consortium. And that is it's very serious for us that when we are the workers in the schools, and doing this work every day, we are not being trust, trusted by our own employer, who will then go and trust those who are paid to go and do what we are doing on a daily basis. That is quite disappointing for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and let's maybe talk about this. I mean, you, you've certainly made the call many a year for uh, these uh, minimum infrastructure standards in many of the schools, uh, least of all in many of the poorer rural provinces. Um, and... Uh, uh, what is your sense from where you're sitting? Do you get a sense that your employer here overestimated the logistical and other capability that was needed uh, to make sure that, um, you know, classrooms are deep cleaned, that sanitizers are on site and PPE is on site for many of your members? Uh, do you get a sense that there was an overestimation of the capability of the system to deliver, which is uh, also, I guess, uh, from your experience, something you would be very familiar with? Yes, we're very familiar with the situation, and indeed it is that the Department of Education has really um, uh, overestimated their capability, and, uh, um, and, and and they should have known that the track record they have it is that they've not been able to deliver the basic needs like books in the past. Uh, it had to take the court to force them to do the things. And uh, in these instances, we thought, because this has to do with health, and the lives of the learners, the lives of the workers in the school, uh, there will be some kind of a cushion that will then say to them, look, whilst we have been uh, fatigued, 
for 26 years, we cannot send our children to classrooms that are dilapidated. We cannot send them to classrooms that have not been uh, disinfected. And then we cannot send them to a school that has got no ablution and no water. Let's change the attitude that we have towards these poor uh, because they also have dignity. Mm-hmm. And we thought that would change how the triple the NCCC was working, how many of these joint committees they have was working. But look, wise COVID-19 has been able to put the light on these particular inequalities and illuminated them that everybody must see the inequalities that is there. The politicians don't see it. They are always mm-hmm. saying we are ready. We are taking these children and then we are going to a commit suicide. Yeah. And uh, it is fine. I mean, you, you would have heard uh, Mugwena from the minister uh, earlier on today that, uh, you know, this isn't really a cancellation of the plans to reopen schools. It's more a postponement. Um, and I guess, uh, judging by the timelines that were presented, uh, I assume by a week or so. Uh, I mean, in your considered view, uh, is this weak enough to, to overcome some of the chronic challenges in provinces like KZN, Limpopo uh, and others uh, who are, have not even reached, I guess, the average or medium level of readiness uh, to be able to open? Let me quote what uh, Archbishop Tutuan said, that uh, we are slaves of hope. And if we are slaves of hope, we are mm. going to live with that hope to then say, there's going to be some miracle that would then say in seven days' time, they will be able to um, help Limpopo and Eastern Cape and KwaZulu-Natal to be able to deal with those particular issues. Unless the government at national level uh, really recognize the importance of these particular lives and the children in the rural areas and pump in money to ensure that the quality of the deliverables that are there uh, is of high standard because, yes, they can do it uh, over seven days. It's possible. They can deliver uh, about uh, 12 million um, uh, PPEs in the form of masks, but there will be pajamas. Uh, that have been cut by somebody else from somewhere because they're going to be worn by the poor children and therefore it is fine. They have been designed to suffer and therefore their opportunities have been structured to be that way. You're raising something very interesting there, which um, I guess, uh, you know, is um, a market structure and a localization issue and... uh, uh, and when I say this, I mean, I'm not referring to, to the point you're making, that uh, people are even producing things that aren't in line with specifications and they don't care because these are going to be used by uh, the children of the working class. I'm quite interested in your response as uh, the Democratic Teachers Union to uh, many small business owners in places like the Eastern Cape who have stopped the passage of um, uh, vehicles carrying PPE going to schools because they feel that uh, they've been excluded from this process. Uh, uh, let's speak about that briefly. Thank you for that because I, 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 from our organization's perspective, it is totally wrong uh, for people to begin to be saying we want um, to gain out of what we see as protecting the lives of our people, the lives of our own children, how we treat our children. It is that they should be able to fight for the business that they're supposed to get at the end of the day. But this is different because, unfortunately, majority of those particular uh, small businesses that are there are not able to meet the specification. And then there was no time for that. So if there was time that we had started this thing in February, we would have understood that, yes, why would we have excluded the small businesses in an area where they are supposed to be having this economic activity so that they're able to help their families and so forth. But this, we are told, it was only done on the 26th. Now you had 
the 26th of uh, April, and we will have the first that has been put there to deliver those particular things when we know that globally there has been a problem of uh, this particular supply uh, because there's a demand and there's mm. always been a problem of this supply. We have seen hospitals having to be closed because the hospital itself did not have uh, that supply that was needed for the PPEs. And you are dealing with life here. So the hospital and the school was almost in the same situation. So it's unfortunate that uh, every time in our country, when people want something, they block education. They block the school. When they want a house, they go and block the school. When they want a tar road, they block the school. And we have spoken about this particular thing, that let's not look at education as a target and a soft target to address the things that under normal circumstances we are not addressing. That is totally unacceptable, and we want to really call upon our people to really put in their hearts and say, this is time for us to help the schools to really receive mm. those particular requirements because it's going to protect them uh, from the risk that uh, um, they, we, we cannot just expose them to. This yeah. is about life. Yeah, yeah. GS, before I let you go, uh, I guess the other issue is, relates to some of the provinces that have some modicum of readiness, some level of readiness, and I'm thinking of Gauteng and the Western Cape here. I heard in one of the newspaper reports remarks from some teachers on the ground in the Western Cape who are saying, look, we're ready. We were told the 1st of June we're going to start teaching. Uh, And it so happens that many of these schools are the same schools where uh, some form of digital or blended learning has already been happening during the course uh, of uh, this uh, lockdown. And maybe what concerns me, Uh, is the inequality then we might see in learning outcomes at the end of the academic year on the back of the fact that many schools in our townships and in our villages uh, due to the digital divide have been unable to continue and have been unable uh, due to other structural issues to receive lesson plans from district offices and elsewhere. What is your view as the union about uh, the impact of, I guess, this inequality to access learning even during periods of lockdown uh, if indeed we might find ourselves going back to a level five or going back to a level four, uh, where schooling uh, is probably untenable in that kind of environment? Our approach to the issue um, in terms of the impact that it has had on the poor um, um, is that as and when we reopen the school and the learners are going there, there's going to be a possibility that some of the schools are going to be closed. Therefore, we're saying we need to ensure that we are able to enhance uh, the digital learning, uh, the uh, the radio, interactive radio learning, as well as the distance learning, part of that also being the online, that we uh, we need to be very, um, uh, uh, you know, reckless about providing that. In other words, we need more money to ensure mm-hmm. that no learner is excluded uh, from accessing education should it happen that any school could be closed, even not going to level five, but if there's going to be cases in a school, the school is going to be closed for 21 days. And therefore, in that instance, education must not stop. So learning must not stop. Mm. And therefore, in our view, we believe that these are the things that we're supposed to do. We still have to go to sit down with the department mm. and say, for the broadcaster like the SABC, is a public broadcaster, please talk to them to ensure that they're not stopping with the TV lessons. The radios must not stop with the TV, with the the, the 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 lessons in all the communities. They must continue on a daily basis, so that it, should it happen that indeed, unfortunately, we have a case 
were able to proceed mm-hmm. with that. However, what we were spoken about, the Western Cape and everywhere else, is that, yes, we thought this is time for solidarity. This is time to show compassion. Uh, however, we have seen how other people believe yeah. that they have a country within another country. Yeah. Uh, that, to me, is a white supremacist mentality, mm-hmm. and it's not going to change unless our minister is willing to stamp her authority and say, I am the one who decides on the date, and therefore the date will be one. Gs, mm. before I let you go, I've got two tweets for you, and I'd like you I'm to sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, briefly respond to these ones. Uh, Zweli Cha on Twitter saying, the state is correct, and he's speaking in relation here to the independent oversight body uh, tasked with uh, giving a recommendation on the reopening of schools. He says it's correct to have the independent oversight body, and that doesn't equal to distrust or mistrust of labor. That's called being government with a responsibility for people's lives, and labor must stand alongside government, not on the opposing side. The other tweet here from Sillo saying, what is Satu saying to the members now when should they return to work and on issues of missed increases when the financial year uh, kick started and i guess maybe the second part of that question has to do with um, uh, some of the issues that emerged in the earlier budget in february and i want to maybe hear you out on uh, your yeah. expectations on the adjustment budget that's coming in the next few days okay well let me start with the issue of the teachers in terms of what they're doing we are saying where the schools have complied the teachers have got to go to school uh, to receive training and orientation around COVID-19, but also to do the um, all you know the adjusted uh, teacher uh, 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 teaching plans, uh, so that they are then able to address the real uh, concepts and needs in terms of the skills and the knowledge that the learners must have. Because we are not going to to recover the two months that we have lost. We have got to look forward and protect learning uh, moving forward, and not the school calendar. So in terms of the uh, the issues of the budget and, and many other things, it is that we are at a dispute level where we are addressing these particular issues and therefore um, we will be guided by what the arbitrator is going to be saying. Mm-hmm. We all appreciate the situation that our economy has collapsed and we have always been saying that we are not doing the right thing in our country. Um, and after, again, we're, we're going to be saying to them, we told you, we are going to find ourselves in this particular situation. And we, in particular, in the, our organization, have been calling ministers. Every time we signed a three-year agreement, we say, the first week after signing, can't we meet? Let's talk about the politics of, the, of, of negotiation. Mm. Let's talk about the political economy so that we are then able to advise our members how we go about these things. But nobody listens until the last day. That there was uh, the General Secretary of uh, the South African Democratic Teachers Union, Mugwena uh, Malulek, and uh, yeah, hey, it seems uh, that uh, the challenges continue, and uh, we certainly hope, and as he said, all of us are prisoners of hope, uh, that uh, we will have the uh, adequate level of readiness uh, to ensure that we protect uh, the lives of many. Uh, uh, teachers who work in these spaces and uh, the young uh, children on Omgushwana who uh, go into these classrooms and uh, who certainly no doubt uh, would be excited to go back to school and to see some of their friends and mates, albeit in a very, very different context. We take a brief break now and uh, when we come back, we take a look at all of the things you've been doing over the last day or so. And, uh, you know, some of you, um, you know, have been queuing outside uh, you know, uh, many of your liquor retailers, uh, as if Lindeu Yesu, and they will uh, certainly take a look at uh, some of the remarks many of you made as uh, you waited uh, in uh, every corner of our country uh, for your favorite bottle stores to open so that you could have your favorite tipple after over 60 days or so.